Welcome to the 3B3 Podcast, a weekly look at the world of hockey with your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. Let me pose a hypothetical to you. Joe Thornton is dealt to the Ducks in 2005 per Brian Burke's fan fictional story that we heard about two weeks ago, which feels like a month, but that's neither here nor there. Here's days. So... (laughs) Joe Thornton is dealt to the Ducks in December 2005. There is zero chance that Chris Pronger becomes a member of the Ducks that following offseason. So in Earth, let's see, which number haven't I used? Um, Earth 42. 42? Where does Chris Pronger go in the 2000? after the uh, 2006 off season what Dells. what team does he go to <laughs> uh, i'm going to defer this one to you gentlemen because um i couldn't wrap my head around this one i'm going to throw this whole thing into a tailspin a vortex if you will he goes to the san jose sharks <laughs> Mm, okay. No, he he does because uh, you know, look at their back end. You, you know, he would have done the same thing in um the thing with the thing in San Jose that he effectively did in Anaheim. They didn't have a Niedermeyer, but I mean, you know. I don't know. He didn't need a he didn't need a Niedermeyer. God say that twice fast. He didn't need a Niedermeyer in um in Edmonton. Now I'm gonna be stuck on need a Niedermeyer. Um and they, you know, they granted it was a weird year, but they made the Stanley Cup final. So I think he ends up going to the Sharks because, as we all know, Dylan Dean. Back then, it was Dean Lombardi that pulled the deal, right? Or was it Doug Wilson? I think it was Dean Lombardi. That I think it. it was Lombardi still. Yeah. Like the same person, right? <laughs> oh, God, no. One of them, one of them, you know, one of them's really loyal, and the other one's... Um, Doug, Doug Wilson. Wilson. Um, <clears throat> thank you for fixing that for me, Pat. You knew where I was going. I just couldn't get there, because I'm still stuck on Need and Need Mark. Um, <laughs> Is that Scott and Rob's Swiss cousin? Uh, Nita. <laughs> 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 Nita Niedermeyer. That's yes, that's their Swiss. You know? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think Dylan Dean would have done something because he made the Thornton deal for a reason, and that was to get a splashy big talent in there. So I think he pulls. I think he pulls the Pronger deal off. Okay, I had two thoughts on different ends of the spectrum. One would be Philadelphia actually pulls the trigger early and gets them about, a, you know, five years ahead of time. Because um, at the time, so in the trade from Edmonton to Anaheim, the Oilers got Joffrey Lupul, who was just resigned uh, as an RFA. And he was making like $2.3 million. Uh, a young 20-year-old uh, Vladislav Smeed, who was in year one of his entry-level contract, two firsts and a second. 
Now, two of those picks, you know, it's hindsight. One ended up being Jordan Eberle in 2008. And then uh, the second turned into Travis Hamanick. But every team is bound to destroy a prospect's potential. So I don't, I don't think the, uh, the package was, I mean, good young players, but nothing earth-shattering. You're saying Philly didn't need an Neymar? Uh, well, no, they did, but whew. who doesn't need a Niedermeyer? Ah, we all need a little or who Niedermeyer. didn't need a Niedermeyer? Need 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 <laughs> um, Florida? Yes. Well, they already, uh, had him. they already had Niedermeyer. They had him, and then he ended up in Anaheim. Well, it, it depends on which one you're talking about. <laughs> well, they both ended up in Anaheim. Yeah, I know. No, so, uh, I just thought... What would have happened? What would uh, Dry Island been a thing if Pronger was there at the beginning of Carter and Richards' career versus after they were established NHL players? So th- that was kind of the first thought that went to my head. And then the real thing, the real trade I would have loved to have seen happen, the Ottawa Senators. Oh. Mercy, dun, 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 dun. Seriously. Because what was the biggest thing? So Ottawa and Anaheim eventually met in the uh, 06-07 final. And the Sens get curb stomped after having arguably, you know, back-to-back excellent regular seasons. They, they both they stumbled in the playoffs in 2006 and then they make a good run, albeit with some hot goaltending. But let me read off a list of some of the defenders that were on said roster. We'll start with Chris Phillips, who was a perfectly serviceable defenseman at 28 years old. And, you know, we won't talk about where he was picked in the draft. Uh, you had a about to go over the curve Wade Redden, and um, let me know if any of these names excite you. Joe Corvo. Oh, oh, who? What? <laughs> Tour of Dur- Duty number one with the Senators. Corvo, here's a who? Yeah, seriously. Um, Tomas McCalk. Andre Mazaros, Lorenz Neuklot. Uh, that is not a Canadian. Um, <laughs> Tom Pressing and Christoph Schubert and Anton Volchenkov. Those are a lot of names. I imagine, recognized about three of them. Yeah. Uh, imagine a Chris Pronger on, on that roster. Would the wife have signed off on this one, though? No. Oh, absolutely not. Well, <laughs> but this is this is Earth forty two, so forty two. <laughs> Tells. Uh yes, we are in absurdist mode. I'm still hung up on Anaheim and Ottawa because you know again, yeah, alliteration and rhyming. Anaheim, Anaheim and Ottawa need a pronger. Anaheim and Ottawa need a need a Meyer. Um, <clears throat> I I like where you're going. I see it. I, I definitely do see it, but I think to Cassie's point, she 
she, Mrs. Pronger, would have had nothing to do with Ottawa. Philly, probably, but it really kind of sounded to me like it was south or bust. Warm beaches, things. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I will have to pull up a map here, but I, 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 Isn't that I, my job? I, it is. And unfortunately, I'm looking at the Pacific Northwest on the map that I have pulled up every week, so I know what no. you're talking about. Um, squim! Go look up Squim! Anyway, sorry. I, I, I think Ottawa falls just slightly south of uh, Edmonton. Just slightly. I'm probably yeah. wrong, but... Ottawa actually is south of Seattle, so I mean. <laughs> hey, I got one. Actually, uh, Seattle is even north of St. John's, Newfoundland. Wrap that one around your head. Well, uh, I can't. I've got headphones on right now. They yeah. All right, I'll I'll, I'll accept that. Yeah, but that's Newfoundland, and I mean. Right, but well, I'm just saying that you know. But Lots of things are south of Edmonton. It is not as south as Orange County, California. So this, see, closer to the equator. Yeah, I think it was the ultimate goal. And Arizona was not an option. No money. Mm-hmm. LA wasn't LA yet. Correct. LA was on the road to becoming LA, but they weren't LA yet. They were several. They were a good off season. A couple years away from just being a playoff. Yes. Um, Dallas was... They were kind of at the end of their rope, haven't really adjusted well. But but would the wife have cared about that? I... uh, I I'm thinking, like, I'm thinking warmth was probably... I will point out, Pronger had zero trade protection at this time. So while yes, it was ultimately a factor. I mean, he could have just—he could have been the next Mike Zillinger, just just you know moving from town to town just to, until his wife is happy somewhere. You're really coming up with the obscure names today, <laughs> aren't you? <laughs> Wait, the I littlest could, hobo is obscure. I could just see Chris Pronger as the littlest hobo. <laughs> no, that wasn't. That, never mind. You mean it was a dog? Um, I was thinking cylinder, but that's another story. No, no, Pronger. I oh. could just. No, no, I, like, but... I like Earth Forty Two, where Pronger is a little hobo. <laughs> you know. And Mike Zillinger is an answer to a trivia question. How can he be obscure? Aren't? But I mean, so is Alex Stoyanov. That kind of the definition of trivia. And obscure. <laughs> I mean, just obscure facts about things. Yeah. Well, some of it's obvious, but you know. Uh, boy, howdy. Okay. So, so, <laughs> needless to say, Anaheim lucked out because there were a lot of good teams he could have. Imagine Chris Pronger as a Buffalo Saber. Do I have to? I'm going to mute myself because I'm just going to burst into laughter at this point because, wow. Because, might I point out, this was the year the Buffalo Sabres won the President's Trophy in Earth One. 
Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Not exactly sure it was Earth One, but they won. I was going to say, are we on Earth One? I'm, I've lost count. <laughs> that should have been the first indicator things were headed downhill is when Buffalo won the President's Trophy that year. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, goalies get hot and win 40 games by themselves. <sighs> Uh, oh, we're going to start this debate already. Um, <clears throat> speaking of debates, Uh-oh. it has absolutely nothing to do with Dustin Bufflin. Does he play again? No, he's done. Cassie? I agree, done. Okay. So uh, in the NHL, if he chooses to play again, it won't be in the NHL. He'll, right. he'll I, end up somewhere else, but yeah, he's I, done I had, in the NHL. I had to put the qualifi- qualifier on it. I believe he is done playing professional hockey. I would concur with that. Probably the case. He if will beat the could, hell out of you in a beer league somewhere, though. How's the hunting up in Quebec? How's the fishing? Is that a possibility? Oh, in that senior league where it's nothing oh, but fighting? Yeah. Oh, maybe. Uh, nah. Nah, I don't see him that way, though. No. He always, he always came across as sort of, I don't want to say a reluctant fighter, but it wasn't in his blood. He did it he... to stay in the league rather than did it because that was something that he was good at and enjoyed. <laughs> Correct. Well, and he, yeah, and he really didn't even have to do it that much because they kept moving him, they kept ping-ponging him between forward and defense. I think it was very much a I'm warning you, I'm warning you, you really don't want to do this type situation. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And and as much as I am not a huge fan of John Bucci-Ross, the picture that he posted, you know, when Bufflin the news came out was you know, iconic of him sitting there holding two players, you know, picking them up off the ice. It was just kind of, you know, there is a mountain of a human being. Don't get him very angry. He's already angry. Don't get him more angry and just walk away. Just walk away. So, yeah, I I don't get where people think he's coming back. I mean, everyone just, oh, he's walking away from $14 million. Yeah, I don't think he cares. Obviously, he doesn't care. Otherwise, he wouldn't walk away from $14 million. Well, but people are using that as like a, a, excuse me, as, as a stepping stone into, well, he wouldn't just walk away from that. He must be coming back because he wants that money. Not everyone's the same way. You know, he's made a fair amount over his career. I I get the impression. I don't know the man. I don't know how he lives. I get the impression he's quite content with a simple Spartan lifestyle to where whatever he's made is going to carry him through and maybe his other interests pan out, you know? Who knows? Maybe we see him on ESPN because Lord knows they don't show hockey, but they do show bass fishing tournaments. <laughs> and you could see old Dustin Bufflin out there bass fishing professionally. Mm. I just, yeah, $14 million is nothing to sneeze at, but he's also made quite a bit over his career, and if he's been smart with it, he doesn't really need to make much more money. Well, I mean, I mean for some people, it's just, I mean, it doesn't matter. Money doesn't matter. It's like they haven't, if they have enough to live on, like you're saying, they, the rest doesn't matter. 
Yeah, and it's not. I don't. I don't think all of them are concerned about multi generational wealth. I think they're concerned about them and their kids, and their parents. They're not worried about their children's children and their children's children's children, right? It's sort of I want to be able to to repay my parents and take care of them because they're getting older, and I want to make sure that my kids have the everything you know that they need and want until they're adults. Some people are like that. Some people are like, I want to make sure my kids never have to work, to which I say to them, go to hell. Um, <laughs> but those that are, you know, down with the whole, you know, kind of like Bill Gates is doing with his kids, they're going to get everything, you know, they're going to get very well taken care of up until they reach a certain point, And then after that, they have to earn their right. So I don't know. I don't see him coming back. He, the way he walked away just sort of was like, eh, I don't see it. I just don't see it. I mean, good for him, though, that he's leaving on his own terms. Not a lot of professional athletes get to do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I 100% agree. You know, if, if, and so, I, you know, God, especially after last week's Love Fest, I would rather see him do this than try and ring out another year if his foot is that bad, a la Forsberg, you know? Mm -hmm. As much as that man's hands and 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 will were just amazing, and I didn't want to see it out of the game, he clearly could not skate. And if Bufflin's in anywhere near similar situation with his injuries, then walk away. You know, who was the kid that retired early in football? Because he's just like I I had another concussion and I'm done. Which oh, yeah. which one? I I there have been several, but there was one that caught everyone off guard, and I don't remember. I, I don't pay attention. Yeah, he he so. didn't have to retire. People expected him to come back in, but he chose to, and I don't yeah. remember who it is, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, and there's suddenly I the deafening yell of of people screaming and at their earpods. I mean, person is. I'm just going to throw one stab at this because it's local, but Luke Keekley is the only one that comes to mind. But I don't think he's who you guys are thinking of. No, it was it was somebody more famous. Andrew Luck. Oh, yes. Yeah. Nicole, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had I had to I had to sort of walk down and go, OK, I remember something. Yeah. Yes. The, the kid from Indianapolis. Correct. Yes. OK. Yeah, that was the one that nobody expected him to call it quits. So I love the people who get angry over that too, who are just like, How dare you? Because they think if I were in his position, I wouldn't do that. And it's like, Well, if you were in his position, you might have done it because obviously, you know, brain health was something that he was concerned with. But you're just looking at it at the money and you have no idea what you're talking about. The decided but, lack of empathy being shown. Right. Well, it's it's everybody. There's a the the myth of if you have money and fame, what do you have to complain about? It's like well, you're just changing out one one set of problems for another set of problems, but people don't see that. Yeah. Money doesn't buy you happiness or freedom. It just gives you more choices. Sometimes. Sometimes. Well, and then fame can curtails those choices. Yeah. So, so, hey, you know what? Speaking of being irrationally mad at people getting things wrong. Look, I, I told you I was the sorry. The internet. Not okay. 
I think the NHL actually did uh, or is doing an entertaining thing, at least for me. Um, they yesterday, uh, <laughs> no, they they fell ass backwards into this one, but I've watched the two episode of the PK Subban hosted NHL Hat Trick Trivia, and um, I have to say I like what they're doing. It's uh, it's kind of fun. I'm uh, gonna have to take your word on that. Have obviously yeah. not watched either episode. Kind of forgot about it as a thing. <laughs> oh, I just I happened to you know my muscle memory programmed. Hey, go to this this uh, website because you forgot to read a certain uh, column this week. And oh, hey, there's an episode of this trivia show. I like trivia. I'll watch it. And they're only 20 minutes long, but um, I can tell they're actually, you know, putting a little bit of effort forth because one, the um, audio and video quality improved week over week. And two, my goodness, uh, they brought on a contestant this past week who managed to be from the um, Pennsylvania, Western Pennsylvania area, and he managed to chirp PK by uh, bringing a bottle of Listerine onto his performance. (laughs) And the fact that they aired that, you know, it's just like, okay, that was kind of corny and petty, but PK is just the type of person, at least publicly who will just kind of laugh it off and roll with it. But the fact that they're willing to make a little bit of fun of themselves uh, is great. See, I, I saw that was coming up and I thought that it was just PK doing it on his own. I didn't realize it was in conjunction with the NHL at all. So, so let me back up. So it, this is definitely this definitely smells of a um, John Collins project. I think he may have spearheaded part of it, but what happens is you can go to a website, apply to be part of this uh, on the program, and they have whatever video telecom uh, set up where it's PK or a special guest to help ask or help you answer questions and just a regular fan. And they brought in, you know, a lot of, you know, first responders, uh, a lot of people in the medical community and some real nice touches. And then they just ask you three trivia questions. If you answer the first question, you win an, an NHL hat. If you answer the second question, you win an NHL jersey. And those are the the very precise legal words being uttered. And that's how you know it's an NHL run event. And then if you happen to answer the third question correct, you get two tickets to any game next season. Regular season game next season. But it's an all or nothing. You got to answer all the questions right or you get nothing. And it's there's a little drama for, for a made for YouTube made for Twitter type program. It's one of the better things I've seen out of the NHL in almost half a decade. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. But what made me think of this was um, several people just 
obviously when you're in the moment, when the spotlight's in front of you, your brain goes numb. So one of the special guests they had on an ep- on uh, a segment, which lasts all of two minutes, was uh, Gary Bettman. And he was brought on to ask three questions concerning himself, basically. And his first question was, who was the last team I awarded the Stanley Cup to? And the person just completely choked and said the Washington Capitals. It's like <laughs> the light bulb goes off. And then everyone else watching is staring at him and say, hey, you, I'm not even going to call him that. It's just first thing that pops into your mind, and he was almost right. Except for, you know, that whole St. Louis Blues thing last June. But um, so they they con the commissioner into coming onto this, and they, they get rid of him with just one question. But then later in that same episode, who who helps out with questions? But Wes McCauley. Oh, dear God. <laughs> yeah, that's going to trigger some people. And my God, whomever the next NHL rights holder in the U.S., I, I, I mean, I presume he will reside in Canada, but whoever the next rights holder in the U.S. is should get him under contract whenever he decides to hang him up in the NHL because he's actually kind of engaging and endearing. And that's why, I mean, I'm sure players like him. But they they did a whole bit with him and penalties. And one of them happened to be, what what should the call be on this play where P.K. PK Subban does a bad bad thing? So they're yucking it up a little. And it'll be interesting to see what they have. I'm still hung up on this. So Gary Bettman was on the same thing as P.K. Subban willingly? Willingly. He didn't even wear a tie, which no, which that's usually a good sign of he. He's just you know Gary being Gary. Okay, I, I find this hard to accept, but I guess I'll have to. <laughs> I'm just March has been the longest year of my life, apparently, and it's April. <laughs> and everybody, it, it's been everybody's. It's not just you. Yeah, I know. I'm just. I I don't want to say flummoxed, befuzzled. I'm I'm so what the hell is going on <laughs> I know it's it's uh, we're not in Kansas anymore we're not this is a weird timeline can we go back it's like it's like choose your own adventure books right you you start paging back to where you were before and then you choose a different way to go I mean, I'm pretty we sure we haven't really had any fixed events so i think we can just i was i'll I'll still make the joke it's no i honestly think we are still in kansas because they don't nobody's believing in science um that's a state that's prone to that um i'm just i'm I want to go back to Nita Niedemeyer because <laughs> that was a happier time for me. And that was last episode. No? Oh, my God. <laughs> earlier, um, earlier this episode. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Here, here. Here's something to help you. Forsberg. Oh no, because that's just sad. <laughs> no, I'm fine. Okay. You found your I, happy place? I'm, I'm back in 1996. All right. 1996. Shut up. 
That was a year. No, I'm just sitting here trying to remember where I was. <laughs> I thought you said 1896. Yes, I'm old. Leave me alone. Um, <laughs> harumph. I didn't get a harumph out of him. Um, I am fluent in, in Old West gibberish. Uh, I'm still just so perplexed about P.K. Subban. Gary Bettman being on a show with P.K. Subban. <laughs> That's why I asked. That's why I was sitting there thinking, wait, wait a second. Let's go back for a second here. <laughs> this, wait. <clears throat> I The only thing hockey related that i watched two things actually that were hockey related one directly one indirectly um i was looking for the documentary on the band xtc which was on showtime a while ago and i watched it once and i wanted to watch it again because the bass player colin molding has some beautiful bass lines and i just sort of loved that it was an anti-documentary documentary um and it was not available on their Showtime Anytime app, but one of the things that popped up in my queue was the Quest for the Cup. And I went, I never watched these. I think they only did two seasons, and it was the 15, 16, 16, 17 seasons. Um, ironically, the back-to-back -back Pittsburgh Penguins, but I'd never watched them, so I sat down and started watching the first episode and it takes you from the conference finals to the Stanley Cup. And first of all, bless their hearts. They didn't bleep any of the curse words. Um, they left some of the pretty good digs in there. But seeing San Jose back then, <laughs> just like, huh. Yeah, you could see where they were starting to age out <laughs> back then. Four years ago, back then, you could see they were starting to age out. Um, I, I'm still perplexed by Gary Bettman being on a show with P.K. Subban. <laughs> I just cannot. You can't be passed up. I know, it's know. just one of those, wait, voluntarily? Wait. I just, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Um, anyway, ADHD. Hi, squirrel. Um the other thing I watched was the first series of games in the Steve Dangle tournament against Pete Black, oh. <laughs> <laughs> which was mildly entertaining. Uh, my wife doesn't have any problem watching me play certain video games. She enjoys like when I play um, Ghost Recon because she loves how I snipe and sneak and do all these splinter cell kind of Res not Resident Evil, solid snake type things. Um, but I couldn't fathom watching anyone else play a sports game until I found myself watching that Twitch stream <laughs> and going, oh my god, Pete Blackburn's team is getting their butts kicked. <laughs> it was it was entertaining, and I love they put the charitable, the charitable side to it. Now let me ask you this. Was it could it have been equally as entertaining if you just closed your eyes and listened to them chirp back and forth? It probably could have been because I think half the time I was doing that, um, because they had a YouTube feed and a Twitch stream feed, and apparently the YouTube feed had both sides, both teams in a Zoom chat or something, and that was what what that's the audio they were broadcasting, and I think the the Twitch stream just had Pete's team. 
So you were getting one side of the conversation. And I was like, well, wait a minute. And then I flipped over to the YouTube stream and I was like, oh, there they all are. And then, yes, when they started going back and forth at each other, oh, my God, that, some of that was hysterical. And, and of course, it, it sort of reminded me in a, uh, of the old MVSW days because there was, you know, people were making pretty good chirps in the chat. And, you know, they were bringing the chirps into the game, sort of like when we post funny things on MVSW shows. And we'd get Greg or Jeff to bust up laughing. Yeah. So there's a, that interaction, you know. There was a pretty cool little inter piece of interaction going on there. And I still firmly believe that Adam Wilde was Matahari for them. He just he just screwed the first two games up so badly for Pete's team. He's just a spy working on subterfuge. <laughs> um or he's a new dad who lost all his uh controller skills. In the adventures that is parenting. Or he's just a guy who didn't have any controller skills to begin with. I resemble that remark. Thank you very mm. much. Oh. So, um... so I, I have a, a question, and I don't think this is a show-ending question, but you guys can make that call. It can be, because I'm still... Uh, I curl <laughs> up in the corner. Now, now here's how Gary Bettman and PK could be on the screen oh, at the God, same time. <laughs> I still can't. One go. could have threatened the other because they both technically live in in the great state of New Jersey. And uh, please, Cassie, save me. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, this is just something that I've been thinking about all week. And I, again, this may not be a a show ending question i have another question if we need one of those but yeah, we're gonna make this a show ending question okay. because i'm still just i have a very vivid imagination and i just i need to go see this for myself because <laughs> i am just so stuck <laughs> i kind of am too and this kind of actually goes back into at least uh batman so the nhl is being all kinds of creative with trying to save the end of this NHL season, which is clearly done, to the point where they want to, like, schedule games in August or September to finish this season and then take a short break to start the next season in, like, December or January kind of ridiculousness. So this is, a, this is an organization that willingly killed a season for a salary cap and you know clearly doesn't really care about the NHLPA and the whole escrow deal with that because you know salary cap so why why are they so desperate to finish out the end of this season I mean, is it really just money? Because I can't quite, can't quite believe that. Follow us on Twitter at 3v3podcast. This has been the 3v3podcast, sponsored by nobody. <laughs>